We have a special guest joining us in the virtual studio today to talk about everything you need to know about the recent developments with the Louisville women's basketball team on this episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast. Stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome in to another episode of the Locked On the Louisville Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has had you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. As always, I'm your host, Dalton Pence. I serve as a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone, and I also do some PA announce work for the university in various sports. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest, good friend of mine, the women's basketball beat writer for the state of Louisville, and the host of the Off the Walls podcast, Brian Trent. Brian, how are you, man? What's up, Dalton? Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, man, definitely so. We'll talk everything that there is to know currently about the Louisville women's basketball team who are, are continuing a impressive 2021-22 campaign. We'll start out by discussing why Emily Inksler is not only one of the best defenders in college basketball in this year, but also one of the best in Jeff Walls' tenure here at Louisville. We'll discuss the team's recent offensive surge over the past couple games, and then we'll end the show doing a little bit of in-depth analysis on the post-production that the team is getting from both um, Olivia Cochran and Liz Dixon, respectively. We'll start with Emily Inksler. Look, Brian, before I have you answer this question, I have to – I feel like I'm under contract to say this. Anytime you hype up one player – there's always a person or couple people that always take it as discrediting, you know, another player or a handful of other players. I am not saying that whatsoever. I'm not saying that, you know, the players, you know, that have come in the past for Jeff Walls' team since 2007 have been bad defensively. There's been a lot of great defensive players, but I truly think that Emily Ingsler is one of the best that he has had here at Louisville. Brian, what stands out the most to you about what she brings to the table defensively? Well, first, she's long, and she's very intense when she plays. And coming from Syracuse, playing the zone that they play up there, that really helps her to – that really helped her to really play passing lanes. So she plays passing lanes really – everybody on this team plays passing lanes really well. But she plays them even better. And she's 6'1", but, I mean, her legs and her arms are so long. I mean, she plays way taller than 6'1". She really does, and uh, you know, on average right now through the first uh, 23 games of the season, she is averaging 2.5 steals and 1.7 blocks per game respectively. So like you mentioned, she's doing a, a great job of being able to um, you know, be able to depict where the offense is going to go. She's also a very good rim protector. But another thing that I like about Emily, and, and one thing that you know, I go to pretty much almost every game, and what I what I see up close is you can hear her talk, like she's very good communicating on the defensive end, especially in terms of defending the pick and roll. I mean, in terms of you know preseason additions, Jeff Walls hit a home run here. Yeah, he did, and she really became the alpha on this team, probably three or four games into the season. She mm-hmm. put her mark on this team and you can hype her up. And I've talked to coach walls and I've talked to coach Purcell and all of everybody about coach Pineda, everybody about this. And 
nobody else on this team is going to get mad for us sitting here hyping one player up because this team plays like that. I'm, I'm glad to hear. And and I think that really – I know that's not what you're alluding to. I, I feel like when I said what I said uh, just a couple minutes ago about people thinking you're discrediting, I think that's really just people wanting to complain about anything, like fans on the outside, you know, especially Louisville fans that are saying, oh, you're living in the moment, you're – you know, you're the victim of recency bias, but but am I, though? I mean, Emily Inksler, what she's doing this season, I mean, in my opinion, I, I am a little biased. She's the best defender in college basketball. The stats back it up. If you, if you take the time to watch Louisville play, it's very evident that when she's on the court, the defensive tenacity is extremely different. The dynamic is extremely different. You know, despite Louisville still having a, a good amount of great defense players like Mikasa Robinson is very good defensively. I'm very impressed with Alana Smith on the defensive end, Kiana Smith, etc. I just think, you know, Emily Inksler takes this defense to, you know, to a height that was from like right here to maybe right here. And that that's not a, you know, a knock on any of the other players. I think that that's just kind of indicative of how good she's been. Well, and one of the things that really helps her is how aggressive she is at rebounding. Because she can be guarding somebody on three-point line, and when a shot goes up, you just see her full-out sprint through the lane to try to get that rebound. Mm-hmm. That's what ma- that's what sets her apart from everybody else. Yeah, she's leading the team with eight eight point five rebounds per game. She's just a uh, you know has a high motor on both ends of the court. Kind of brings that you know the the whole New York toughness type of vibe that um, yeah I think that she embodies and she almost embraces. Because uh, I know that you know, but for those who are not aware, you know, she grew up playing with like with the boys and the guys out on the outdoor courts. So it, it take you have to have a ton of skill and, and a lot of passion to do that, and especially a lot of toughness. I think that that's where I'm kind of getting around to. I want to focus now, kind of a little bit more on the big picture from when Jeff Wall stepped into Louisville. Obviously, I think if you ask the consensus of Louisville fans, most fans will tell you Angel McCautry is the best defensive player to come through Louisville. You're not going to get any opposition from me. Leads the program in steals. Um, I don't think that that record's ever going to be touched, honestly. But outside of that, there have been a, a, a handful of really, really, really good to even great defensive players. Emily Ingsler belongs in the top five of that conversation, in my opinion. Oh, for sure. I think if Jeff Walls would have got his hands on freshman Emily Ingsler, um, <sighs> I think she would have challenged Angel for the – steals lead and probably would be hands down the best defensive player that's ever came through Louisville. I, I think you're definitely onto something. You, who are some other names that like when you you'll hear Emily Ingsler and, and you say, okay, she's one of the best defensive players of the past I don't know what 15 seasons. Who are some other names that you you, you kind of gravitate toward as other players being in that conversation in your opinion? I mean, Dana was a really good defensive player. She was 100%. really fast. That's really helped her. And Mikasa, really, really good defensive player. And then, I mean, you go back farther. I mean, uh, Shoney was pretty good on defense, not real great. Um, Becky Burke was a good defensive player. Uh, Monique Reed was more of a pure scorer. So she she played good defense, but she was more of an offensive threat. Uh, Jazz like Candace, Bingham, Candace Bingham was Candace a pretty Bingham solid was a really defensive good player. defensive player. Uh, Jazz Covington was a really good defensive player. I mean, if you oh, yeah. get into if you bring up Louisville and you bring up, you know, the top ten all time players, Maisha Hines Allen was a really good defensive player. Uh, Sam Fearing, 
That's who Kylie I kind shook. of look. Kylie Shook. Sam Fury is kind of who I relate Emily Inksler to. Yeah. Their attitudes, their look, you know, Sam's from New Jersey, Emily's from New York. They're both aggressive. They both have that New York, New Jersey attitude. That's kind of who I relate her to. It's like that toughness and swagger, and they kind of like mesh, and, and it's a very, very, you know, just incredible sight to see on the court because you, you see you see the talent. I mean, both of those players are are very talented in their right mind. I think that they're a little bit of a different different player. I think Emily's more of a wing, Sam's more of a traditional, you know, post player, but they do have that that incredible tenacity and that toughness and that take no shit mentality that I'm not saying that other players at Louisville don't have because I think that Louisville's a very tough you know mental team. You see that in the end of games when they're, you know, battling back, you know, down on the road and stuff like that. But I think that, yeah, Emily Ingsler gives me those vibes as like a Sam Fjord. You know, Kylie Shook is another one that I think, you know, one of the best rim protectors um, in Louisville history. So, you know, it's – I think that this really is more more so, uh, you know, an epitome of how good Jeff Walls's teams have been defensively. You know, we talk about the the great scoring numbers. You know, Asia Durr is another player to good defensively. Asia, Shoney, Dana, uh, Monique – Angel, you know, you know, so on and so forth. They're probably missing five or ten that are, you know, really, really great to good scorers. We don't necessarily talk about how good of defensive teams that Jeff Walls has had. I think that this is a very, very, um, you know, high praise for Emily Ingsler, who, in my opinion, uh, not only changes this team's um, trajectory offensively, but defensively, it's just a whole nother ball game. Oh, for sure, and I mean. He's had good defensive teams before, but even he said, Coach Purcell said, Coach Pineda said, this is far and away easily yep. the best defensive team he's ever coached. Yep. I mean, and, just, and that's that's saying a lot. Like that's that he's not saying that lightly. Like this is a very good defense. That's not saying that like the other teams have not been up to standard. They have been. We've seen how good they are. This is just kind of an indication of how great this respective team is. I want to transition over until we talked about the defense of this team offensively they have been absolutely peaking lately in the past two games a combined 193 points we'll talk about that here in just a second after we talk about our friends at bet online the sponsor of the show bet online has had you covered this season with more props odds and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game in a couple not in a couple weeks, less than a week away, I should say. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. It has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, right along with live real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline is where the game starts. Like I mentioned, here with my good friend, the women's basketball beat writer for State of Louisville, and the host of the Off the Walls podcast, Brian Trent. We're talking um, everything currently about the Louisville women's basketball team, currently um, trying to get another win streak just like they had uh, at the beginning of the season, coming off that loss against NC State. They have uh, compiled some very solid victories, um, but I think it seems like we're seeing this offense start to click as a collective unit. Obviously, the past two games, not necessarily against great competition, um, both uh, Miami and, and Clemson, or I'm sorry, Clemson and Syracuse aren't the greatest. Both are under 500, so to speak. But a combined 193 points in the last two games. Brian, what have you seen differently that from this offense that you hadn't seen earlier in the season? 
Well, I wouldn't even just do them two games. I mean, they played four in the last seven days, and three of them were on the road. And, right. I mean, they're, they scored almost 85 points per game in those four games. Shot 54% from the field, 40% from three-point range. And I think the emergence of Haley Van Lith into what everyone thought she was going to be all season – was the catalyst to really kickstart this offense. Brian, I, I feel like, not not saying you and I, I maybe even myself, as some, I'm not, you know, to go without fault. I feel like we weren't patient enough with Haley. I feel like, you know, year one, uh, didn't necessarily get any time to bond with the team before her freshman season due to the COVID restrictions and stuff like that. Um, had to play in the shadow of Dana Evans, so to speak. Year two, she started off a little rough shooting the ball from behind the arc, but it seems like she's starting to finally put it together, like 34 points. Look, I mean, the level that she played at against Clemson, that's the level that we kind of saw in high school, like the no one can guard her you know, type level. I feel like the fan base wasn't as patient with her Although, we've seen players take a little while to get going. Dana Evans didn't get going until year two. Asia Durb was injury-plagued year one, got going year two. Haley Van Look looks to be following the same trajectory. Yeah, I think last year, I mean, she came out of the gate really hot. Like, she started her freshman season better than, you know, most freshmen do. And then we went in that really long COVID pause. And that really hurt her. That hurt her probably worse than anybody else on the team, it seemed like, because you really saw her points per game fall down. Her shooting percentage went down. Uh, She came into this season, uh, started out like one for 19 from three-point range or something, and everybody was like, oh, my gosh, the sky's going to fall. What's wrong with Haley? And, I mean, like Coach Purcell and everyone else said, she's a competitor. She – they told her, don't stop shooting, and she didn't. And she finally found her stroke right around I, UConn going into ACC play. She really found her stroke. I agree, and I think it, a lot of it – I think that, you know, when you kind of break down you know, her scoring tendencies, I feel like, you know, she was kind of hunting for that three-point shot early in the season, like trying to manually get going, trying to over override the slump, so to speak. That's just kind of what I saw. Now I feel like she's letting it come to her. She's, you know, attacking the mid-range more. You're seeing her, you know, shoot the mid-range, you know, a lot more than she did earlier in the season. You know, taking it to the basket despite only being 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, um, but out, outside of Haley, you know, sure, Haley scored 34 in that game against Clemson. They still scored 93 points, and they scored 100 against Syracuse. Talk about some of the other players that have kind of stepped up along the way. Well, I think that's one thing that helped Haley was when Emily came in and really started – playing really good offensively and Kiana's been shooting the lights out the whole season. That really helped her to take that step back and let them to carry the offense while she figured it out. Right. Um, in the non-conference, Alana Smith has been fantastic off the bench. Um, Chelsea Hall, she don't score a lot, but the way she facilitates the offense is better than a whole lot of point guards out there. Just the way yeah. she sees the floor, um, the way she pushes the ball up the court, um, her passing IQ is off the chart. Uh, having that senior grad transfer in there 
And then Mikasa coming in to spell her. I mean, her basketball IQ is just as high. She facilitates the team just as well. And I think it starts with those two at the point guard that really gets the motor running on this offense. I agree. And we also have to talk about the emergence of Peyton Verholst. You know, another player that um, I think struggled a little bit. I think the speed of, you know, the high Division One level, um, you saw her get a, a little hesitant, a little flustered, lacked some confidence early on. Uh, but we're starting to see her uh, let it fly a little more. She's starting to look to score more and not just pass it every time she touches it, getting more um, acclimated with the speed and getting more comfortable. Jeff Walls told me before the season she doesn't necessarily do one thing great, but she does almost everything else very, very good. We're definitely seeing that on the offensive end because when she's in, I think her movement without the ball and her size, I mean, she's six foot one. She's not a small player by any stretch. Once she starts, you know, tapping into that offensive potential, it's going to be scary, you know, what she can be at this level. So at media day, I asked Coach Walls about that, and he said Peyton's never seen a shot she didn't like. So <laughs> she's going to shoot. Um, when I had Coach Purcell on my podcast, me and him was talking about her, and he said, yeah, Peyton's a freshman, but she came in in June. So she was only a freshman until the UConn game. As soon as we started – conference play well she's a sophomore now so she has to play like a sophomore and she has really stepped into that role she's gotten more comfortable in the offense she's got more comfortable with the offensive sets um her passing's getting better her defense is getting better she still fouls a little bit too much but um offensively she really has her shot going and her emergence along with uh, Mikasa Robinson and Alana Smith being big really kind of helps fill the void of Narika Kono, um, who we're, we're not necessarily sure um, if she's going to play. Uh, I, has, there any been, has there been any more developments? I know, um, like, I think it was last week or the week before where Jeff Walls, you know, saying we, we hope that she'll be back with us this season. Um, but, you know, people put a lot of emphasis on that word hope. Have you heard anything about, you know, alluding to her status coming up or is she still kind of, you know, there's, they haven't said what, it, what it's come out to be and I'm not going to speculate or anything like that, but we just wish her the best of, uh, best of luck in her health and her recovery. Um, all I've heard was when uh, he got asked the question in the post game and he said she was dealing with medical issues and they was just giving her as much time as she needed to uh, sure. take care of whatever she needs to and they're not going to rush her back and hopefully she'll be back with the team this season. Hopefully, hopefully so. If uh, Narika, if you're listening, if anybody on the uh, you know around Narika in the program, we definitely wish her the, the the speediest and you know quickest but full recovery out there. Um, another you know key aspect to this team being very very solid in conference play is you know the um, you know, the stepping up of the two post players, Olivia Cochran and Liz Dixon. They have been you know very very solid in the past ten games or so. We'll talk about that here in just a second after we talk about our friends at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry when you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket? You're, it allows you to save time and money. It's a family-owned business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. The prices are reliably low for every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the 
solution to your auto parts needs. Do yourself a favor. Go to rockauto.com right now and, you, and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Transitioning over into the front court. Now, look, I think that, you know, it's no secret that this team gets most of their scoring from the backcourt and Emily Ingsler, um, but I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the progression that we've seen from both Olivia Cochran and Liz Dixon. Liz Dixon. I tweeted this out yesterday uh, for those who didn't see it. Uh, Liz has scored at least 12 points in three of Louisville's last six games, while Cochran has scored at least 11 in five of the past 10. Even when they're not on in the same game, their consistency really helps, and it is showing, um, you know, in, in almost every game. Talk about, you know, let's start with Liz. You know, she's you know been scoring well over the past you know six games, but even when she's not scoring, she's still affecting the games in more ways than not. Yeah, Liz had a surprisingly really good junior season last year. I think she came out of nowhere, and you know, she had you know, multiple double-doubles. Uh, she played a really good junior season. And coming in this season, I mean, there was a lot of uh, hype about her. I mean, we, me and Chrissy Banta talked about it on my first episode that, you know, she was the one to look out for. And uh, she started kind of slow. I think her minutes wasn't real great, so she wasn't getting a whole lot of playing time. But as the seasons went on, she's gotten the game more and got more into the flow. Um, she's really good on the defensive end. She has really good hands. She has really good ball IQ. She's, I mean, she's the, all the steals and ties up she gets. She's a very good rim protector. Um, I think her on the defensive end is more of a asset than the offensive end, even though, I mean, she has scored in double figures and, like you said, three of the last six. Um, but her defense, because she's taller and longer than Olivia, that she gives us more of that rim protector, kind of like a Kylie Shook did when she came in for Sam Furing. I mean, Liz is, uh, what is she, like a true 6'5". So, you know, she's probably the tallest, you know, rotation player that plays, obviously. But, yeah, I think you're right. I think most of the value comes on the defensive end. Offensively, what I've been impressed with her with has been you know, her ability to be able to be the, um, you know, get the ball in the high post and be able to pass down low, find the, um, you know, the outlet to the corner or also, you know, in the in the handoff and in the delayed handoff. I think that Jeff Walls is really utilizing that a lot in the first three quarters against NC State, that delayed handoff, you know, and the, um, the off-ball guard movement was, you know, key to, you know, getting the offense going. Uh, Olivia, on the other hand, she's oozing with confidence right now you know she's shooting the mid-range you know at a very high clip she's you know doing very well around the rim she still kind of gets a little um too ahead of herself sometimes when she attacks the rim um a little bit um you know kind of her shots go a little too hard at times but ultimately she's really becoming a force like liz um a little smaller but i think she's really using that craftiness to her advantage yeah Olivia had a really good freshman season. I mean, she was an all-ACC all oh, yeah. freshman player, a ph phenomenal freshman season. Well, coming into this season, everybody figured that out. So they started helping down on her and double-teaming her. And I don't think she was ready for that. And I think that's right. really what caused her really slow start was she started getting frustrated when she was getting double-teamed. And now that it's moved on and we're getting – you know, Emily down low, 
and Haley's driving and Kiana's driving and Mikasa's driving to the hole. They can't help down on Olivia Cocker anymore as much and double team her as much anymore, especially as right. the offense is really clicking from three point range and the driving dish. So she's getting more one on one play. And that's really where you're seeing the uptick in her game coming from. And, and I, I think it's interesting when you watch this team because Jeff Walls, you know, he 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 kind of um, he rotates them pretty frequently throughout the game. You know, always keeps them fresh. And I think that that's one thing is he you know he keeps them fresh to where it's like okay, you have to deal with Liz Dixon for five minutes of gameplay, and boom, now you have to deal with Olivia Cochran for five minutes of gameplay, and then you're just kind of rotating that. And do you think that that's kind of another you know key to the advantage as you know? Some teams have like one great post player, but when you know, in Louisville's case, when you can throw two two at a team, you know, at different times and always keep that production, you know, that's got to be uh, some sort of an advantage, right? Oh, for sure. Because when you have Olivia in there, she's good on the defense, but she's more of the offensive threat. And Liz is good on the defense on the offense, but she's more of the defensive stopper. So right. when you're rotating them in and out like that. Then you're trying to you're like, well, who's in the offense or the defense person, the offense person, defense person. But when you say about the one good post player, I have to go back to the NC State game because that was probably the best collective game I've seen them two play all season. Oh yeah, because oh, they yeah. shut Alyssa Kunane down until the fourth quarter. When every time you looked at her, it was a foul. Yeah, until the fourth quarter, and up until, until the fourth, fourth quarter, quarter then, until they turned into the Golden State Warriors. I mean, up until the fourth quarter, that was the best game I think Olivia Cochran has played since she's been at Louisville on both she ends did. of the floor. I definitely agree. She was absolutely incredible. And I thought Liz Dixon, although she didn't score, I don't I don't necessarily know that she scored. Did she? she if she did, she it was very little. If she did, it was if very she did. little. But her impact on the on the defense. Oh, my gosh. Because, I mean, oh, yeah. she had Alyssa, Alyssa Cunane. She, Alyssa Cunane didn't know what to do in that game. In all three years, or four, I should guess you say, but the three preceding this, she has had her way with the Cardinals. I mean, she's been hard for anyone to guard on this team, and um, I thought Liz Dixon did the best of almost maybe anyone in the country that's guarded her this season oh, so for far, sure. and also also Olivia Cochran. But I, I'm interested to see, you know, how to to see how they can continually you know, put up the consistency in terms of numbers and stuff like that. But um, listen, Brian, I definitely appreciate you having you know, having me on. Yeah, thanks for having me on the um, the Off the Walls podcast. Appreciate you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely appreciate you for coming on. Um, do yourself a favor, plug us into your social media. Give any lasting thoughts to Card Nation before you get out of here. All right, Card Nation. I want to thank Dalton for having me on. You can find the Off the Walls podcast on Apple Music and Spotify. You can follow me on Twitter at btrent underscore otw uh, for all the latest on the women's basketball team. And I post all my uh, podcasts on there too. And I just want to thank Dalton again for letting me come on. It's I'm usually on that side. It's nice to be on this side and get to spit facts by myself one time and not have to figure out how these questions I got to ask. <laughs> we will definitely have Brian on as as postseason gets underway here in the next month or so. Um, 
Before we get out of here, first of all, a couple quick shouts. First, the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast. Go check that out at cardinalsportszone.com, the Locked On Beds podcast. You can get that on the Odyssey app or wherever you like to get your podcast. As I mentioned, Brian is a women's basketball beat writer for the state of Louisville. Some great people over there. Go check out their content at the state of Lou on Twitter. There's a great podcast network that has been you know established and it's continually growing. So check out all the great shows over there and great personalities. Um, but that's going to wrap up this Tuesday edition of the show. Everyone have a great day. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Go Cards.